Hello and welcome to Truth and Lies, conversations about race and gender with rock and glow. I'm rock, Roger Crockett. And I'm glow, Gloria Cotton. During these podcasts, um, here's what we're going to be talking about, Rock and I. We're going to be talking about truths and lies that people are telling about race and gender in America so that you can make more informed decisions and choices about your behavior. And hopefully, we can all get along with each other better at home, on the job, in our community, and across the nation. Hello and around the world. All right, all right. I can't wait. In this episode, in this podcast, we're focusing on, our subject is, the Cosby-Kavanaugh effect and how race and gender play into sexual assault Hmm. and accusations of indecency. Okay, okay. It's deep stuff. But let me just start, Glow, reminding everybody just what the facts are. Just the simple facts Uh, surrounding each case. So in April, Mm -hmm. back in April, Mr. Bill Cosby, famous black entertainer, was convicted on three counts of sexual assault and sentenced to three to 10 years uh, in a state prison. Uh, He was sentenced for uh, aggravated indecent assault. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the Cosby situation. Mm -hmm. Now, Mr. Brett Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. Judge, Judge, Judge Mm -hmm. Brett Kavanaugh, in September, Mm -hmm. um, there were hearings, hearings in advance of these of the uh, Supreme Court justice appointment uh, appointment hearings. In September, they had hearings uh, discussing uh, accusations, an accusation of when Mr. Brett Kavanaugh was a Drunk teenager, again, accusation of being a drunk teenager attending a party where he pinned a woman to a bed and sexually assaulted her. This was some 36 years ago, and he was a teenager, roughly 17 years old. So they had the hearing, and then subsequently he was appointed, confirmed to the Supreme Court where he sits now. Mm -hmm. Those are the facts. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's some more facts. Can I just lay this on you? Go for it. Uh, So the result for Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh is, after all this is over, congratulations, Judge. You are the Supreme Court Justice for life. Yes. The result for Mr. Cosby is, congratulations, Mr. Cosby. After you finish your sentence, if you live, sir, guess what? For life, you're going to be known and classified and branded. Bra- ooh, bra- mm-hmm. What's that word you said? Branded. branded. Uh-huh. As a sexually violent predator. And here's what that means. Are you ready for this? Mm. For life. Um, any community that he's in will get notification of that branding for him. So just let's just look at we have these two men, both accused, and let's go on and talk about some of the history of the process. 
Yeah, and I think it's I think it's critical for us to make this distinction because this, these are really I'm sure you'd agree, Glow. These are real. This is a really emotionally charged cases, both of them. Yes, it is for me. People have right for us for every, no matter what you sort of what side you fall on. Yes, there's deep emotion. I mean, this is this is deep stuff. Terrible accusations on both sides. Right? Yes. Um, so let's a- acknowledge that, irrespective of race. And gender. Yes. And I, How, I also want to f- factor in that um, I don't know what the percentage is of women who have acknowledged, females who acknowledge that they have been sexually assaulted in some way. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, almost all of the women I know, and that's of all ages, have had some kind of sexual abuse. Um, uh, they've been victimized by some kind of sexual predator. Mm-hmm. And then the number of men, boys, that have been abused sexually is high also. So let's, right. let's, so let's, let, let, let's, let's point let's out, let me, let me just in. ask you to, 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 to dial back just a moment, and let's remember that males, yes. boys are the subject of sexual assault too. Oftentimes Absolutely. that gets forgotten. Absolutely. Right? But so that's another well. of the lies that's out there. Absolutely. That it's only about women and only that men are the predators because women can be predators too. So want to get that out there. Uh, at another conversation, we'll talk about how the victims are really uh, preyed upon and not allowed to have their voices heard. Maybe we'll go more deeply. But I want to focus right now on these two men mm-hmm. who were accused and the similarities and differences from the beginning, the first time they were accused, until the end, whatever happened, either going to jail or going to court. Right. So we're going to focus on the, on the accusation and the process, how yes. they were treated, how they played out in the media, how they were treated by police, mm-hmm. all of that. And mm-hmm. the truth is, mm-hmm. come Glow, on, come on. The truth is mm-hmm. that there are differences. There are differences. What you talking about, Rock? How a black man Stop. is treated. The process for a black man is dramatically different than so it how is different for a was white it for man. Mr. Cosby? How how different was it? Uh, it, uh, so first of all, you know, we talk about accu- accusations. We yes. talk about being innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Uh, excuse me. I don't seem to recall where this black man, mm-hmm. who was once America's father, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was He was the black father all. knows he, best, wasn't he? He was the black father knows best. Mm-hmm. He was almost convicted. This is early on in the process before there was any real evidence yes. to do so. Now, people and can say the same thing happened uh, with Mr. Kavanaugh before he became uh, Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh. Some people, as soon as they heard the accusation, had already found him guilty. So we can, say, we can look at that similarity, but now let's look at the vehemence and let's look at the sheer numbers and look at how it paraded itself out in the media. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the women that came out and supported him and made excuses for him, as well as let's look at what when happened. When you say him, you mean Judge Kavanaugh. Just, Judge Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Even to then, this was a hot mess because I have two sons. Mm-hmm. I heard one woman saying, this is what all 17-year-old boys do. Mm. I said, on what planet? So I was once... I would be insulted if I was a young man. Well, I was once a 17-year-old boy. 
And did you ever? And, and, no, I'm proud to say. Attack, accuse? Did you ever put yourself in that position? No. Okay. Let's go back to how these, the news of it, when the accusation first came, what are some similarities and differences? I'm just thinking about the, the as you mentioned, the sheer numbers of accusations against Bill Cosby, both that were that came to the fore, and then how it played out in in the in the barber shops, in the beauty shops, in the at the dining room table, at the locker in the locker room, at the water cooler, all of that. The 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 tenor of the conversation that I was listening into was very different for Mr. Cosby than it was for Judge Kavanaugh. It was, and it makes me wonder why was it so easy for people to try and convict Mr. Cosby. And the longer the trial, went, or not, not only the trial, even before the trial, the longer it went on where people were coming forward, the more violent and vehement people became. There was no, the, the rush was, let's get him quickly in jail. As opposed to Mr. Kavanaugh, the rush was, let's quickly dismiss everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I start to look at what is our history in the United States about this. Let's look at when black men are accused of any kind of sexual anything, predator, grievousness, whatever, how are they treated as opposed to when white men are accused of the same thing, how they are treated? So let's talk well, about the history of that in our wonderful nation. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the history. That's important. And it gives me an opportunity to ca- talk about a theory that I call history's hold, History's hold, and what then is that? and 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 so what that is, if you in the context of sexual assault, mm-hmm. if you go back to uh, the beginning of uh, the twentieth century, black men mm-hmm. in this country were uh, viewed as substandard. We're talking about during the times of, of slavery. Okay, so before the 20th century, let's go on back to slavery times. Okay. Okay. We can go back, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the, but my point is that um, black men were not considered, they didn't, they didn't have the same laws that they had to adhere to. They were substandard. It, it was, it were they were subject animals. To, they were animals. They, they were, were subject animals. to, they were property. Yes. And they were animals. That's right. And whenever they cross the path, let's not even get to the point where there might be some sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. But if they would cross the path of a woman of the white race. And look, even look at her. And look. I'm not even sure they had to look, Glow. I'm not even sure they had to look <laughs> sometimes. They just had to be in the pathway. They just had to be in the vicinity. Geography. And they were guilty. Yeah. They and were, then what would happen? And when they were, when they, once they were determined to be guilty, then there wasn't often a trial, or it was a throne trial, and the sentencing was hanging. Yes. Otherwise known as lynching. Lynching. Let's just call it what Let's it is. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lynching. How quickly did that happen? I, it, they were From convicted. accusation, and uh, the next thing is, where's the rope? Uh, right. A matter of hours. Mm-hmm. By, it, was a, it was a nighttime li- mm-hmm. accusation during the daytime, mm-hmm. lynching during the nighttime. 
But what I was trying to explain with history's hold is that there's this, this peculiar uh, system of slavery in this country that was set up and, and the actions that were carried out during that day have a way of sticking, have a way of sticking and shaping how we, how we think and how we act even hundreds of years later in today's time. And that's black people and white people. And that's what that's black people and white people, but that's what I'm talking about around, about history's hold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you get a case like the Bill Cosby case, then there is there is this again this sort of peculiar stickiness of the sort of improper unjust laws of generations ago that play out even in today's time. And yes. we see it perhaps in more subtle ways. Of course, there wasn't the physical lynching. Yeah, well, but, but what we but, have now is a modern-day lynching without a rope. That's oh. what we have for black men. That's Ooh. what we call And And here's what I love your, what, what do you call it? What kind of hold? History. History's hold. Mm-hmm. And what I call it is post-traumatic slavery disorder. Mm. That's what we're in. Oh, wow. Because even though in most states slavery is outlawed, mm-hmm. we still have a slave mentality going on. And, and it's played out in our court systems with these two and other similar um, accusations, trials, etc. when one man happens to be black and another man happens to be white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so what can we do about this so that people are more aware of what their thinking is? How can we look at data and facts and say, okay, suppose that, um, as I said, Clarence Thomas had been accused by a white woman. White woman. Suppose uh, now Judge Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh, had been accused by a black woman would that have made a difference? Would it have made a difference if Mr. Cosby's accusers were only white women? Would that have made a difference? Well, I think that the fact of the matter is that it would have made a difference. What do you mean? There, <laughs> there are many people who would dispute that and say, oh, no, 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 no. It wouldn't have made a difference. Sounds like you're playing a race card to me. But, <laughs> but, I, I, but hey. Race is a factor in this country, and so I think we all first need to acknowledge that that's the case and pause and take a look, you know, look introspectively at our own biases to determine whether or not we are allowing any particular sort of race bias, whether it's conscious or unconscious, to to play into uh, the way we treat others the way we think about a case, and heaven forbid, the way if we're if we're on the confirmation hearing or on uh, uh, the jury in a particular case, whether we are letting those those biases come into play uh, in in those roles. So you started us out by focusing on some of the facts, right? Which is, you know, that's just hard empirical data. I encourage people to look at that data and then. What just change the fact of the race of the people that are there? Just say, so what would we have done? How might this have played out? What are the historic examples we can use where it's the same thing that's going on? The only thing that's different is race. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different in the accuser is race, um, and what's the or the accused is race. Mm-hmm. The the only difference. And let's look at historically what has happened because you can't argue about that if it's really happened. Right, but we have to bring um, a certain amount of objectivity into it. For what happens? So I how think, do you do well, that? I think how what, do you do that? Well, what happens today is that people just uh, they they. It's one of the reasons why I know that you. Uh, are not a huge fan of the of the the data and the st- statistics right there because we can bend those yes. to whatever to use in whatever way we want to. And I only find what I'm looking for. And, and you only you only look right. So that's what I'm asking people to do is not just focus on what they want to support their own argument, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but to mm-hmm. do what you're suggesting. Put themselves in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Think about these things. Um, in a in a in a sort of a a contradictory way. Mm-hmm. In other words, in other words, like you said, hey, what would happen? What would what would objectively happen if the other person were white or the other person were black? Mm-hmm. You know, not what would happen. Not only let me just focus on how I twist things to fit my particular perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but think about it in a different perspective. That's so what we need to do. That's a little difficult for people co- sometimes and we call that cognitive flexing mm-hmm. you know in our work. So how can I hold my position and at the same time allow the other position to get my attention? What are the things I need to do? One of the things I need to do which is what I had to do when we started having this conversation right here. What we need to do is look at what are my hot buttons around this thing? What is my fear around this thing? What am I angry about in this thing? And then does that cloud how I see and what I see? It's not until we stop telling ourselves lies about how we are approaching this that we can be willing to accept the truth Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. That might involve getting somebody else involved and listening to them also. Mm -hmm. Because as my boyfriend, not for real, Stephen Covey used to say, fish discover water last. I'm only knowing what I know and that's all I know. I don't know what I know, don't know until I know. So how can you involve other people? That's that's one how-to we need to approach this stuff with. Yeah, you know, and Gloria, in a, in a previous conversation, we talked about what makes up a responsible leader. And so I would just ask people to, again, be responsible uh, with this, and 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 that means that that requires a certain amount of courage. What you're saying, this sort of cognitive flexing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is not easy. It requires courage. To me, it's cowardly. To me, it is cowardly to just deny another point of view mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that may be legitimate. That's the easy out. Well, I be- want people to stop being Stephen King about things that they don't like. I mean, they start making up pet cemetery, human cemetery, and putting people in it. Uh Uh-oh. So I want people to stop lying, telling me that's the truth, when I'm knowing that it's not. And I want people to start understanding, how can you find out what the facts are about somebody else's life that you might not know? Mm -hmm. So, And you might not be willing to know. And where is that? So that requires, you know, let's encourage people to have more conversations like this that you and I are having, but not only with people who agree with you, but people who disagree with you. Right. How about people who have had some real experience in this? Yeah. Okay. And those conversations, to me, uh, the difficulty with um, what's happening in society today, we're talking at one another, whether it's a face-to-face conversation. Come on. 
whether it's a Facebook Come conversation, on. we're just talking at one another. Mm-hmm. We're not talking with, between, amongst one another. We're not talking to learn and understand. We're not listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, I always tell people one of the, the most important communication skills has nothing to do with talking. It's listening. Okay, now. Pause and listen. Listen to hear, to empathize, and understand what another person is saying. Then process that. And what they're meaning. Because I might hear you, but I'm I'm interpreting what what I want to hear. So let's look at some of that. And let's look at the history of this. I want people to understand that sometimes you don't even know you're participating in this ugliness. Because it's such a habit for our culture in the United States. This is what we need to understand. So let's look at the history. Let's not be afraid of it. Let's honor the fact that it really has happened and that it's still happening to some people, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's look at that and then say, now, where do we want to go? Bring out the Constitution, hello, that you all are so connected to as we all should be. Mm -hmm. And let's look at how we're living to that we the people thing and how we're not. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've been talking about this a lot in the context of race. But just to get back to a minute about gender. Okay. I mean, I think, let me, let me just call out my, my brothers, you know. I mean, men need to sort of pause and listen and understand what it's like to live in a woman's shoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? It's, Good luck it's, with that. <laughs> but we need to, you know, there's something out there, out there now called being a, a male ally. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you, you all are our, prince, our, our princesses, Queen. our queens. Thank you. What, whatever. Hey, the, the, important, the important thing is, my point is that you are important. I mean, I owe everything I know to my do. mama. I know you do. And just nearly as much to my wife. Mm-hmm. And they are absolutely queens to me. And I'm going to do everything I can to understand their perspective and not be so blind to uh, the realities of their world. And I think if we put each other in one another's shoes whether it's on the racial side or on the gender side, uh, we'll all be a little bit better off. And that's called empathy, and that's what people say a lot of times. What I tell people is understand when you put yourself in somebody else's shoes is still your feet Mm. in them. So just because you're taking on the outward persona, what are you doing internally? So really examine what's going on in your world and what might I be missing that requires a whole different approach to this whole thing and looking at the history and how some people might not be so um, hot to have a conversation with somebody because every time we talk about this, it's always the same outcome, Mm -hmm. that I am less than you. Mm -hmm. Until we look at that, I think that's a starting place Mm -hmm. to look at the difference in races and how they are not... Uh, looked at as equally deserving of honoring and looking at gender too because women are not given the same respect in many cases that men are. Right, So That's true. So let's look at that. Well, okay, look at that. That's a good call yes. to action. And you know, Glow, how we like to end every podcast with a call to action. And so what is it for this time? <laughs> the call to action for this time is to do something Take an action that demonstrates respect for women 
and black people. You know, I'm not mad about that. Since <laughs> I am a black woman, you know I do love that. Yes. And I would say, you know what, if, you, if you're if you challenged by that, look at what challenges you about that, mm-hmm. you know? There are all kinds of courses that you can take. There are a lot of books out here now that talk about the white experience, why white people are afraid to even look at black people as human, what the patterning has been. So let's let's think about making that available to people. Let's do that. We absolutely will push that out there to our listeners. And this gives me an opportunity to remind our listeners, right, to go to social media, like us, share us with friends, family, colleagues. This has been Truth and Lies, conversations about race and gender with Rock. I'm Rock. And Glow. And Glow. Bye-bye.